0: Are you listening to this on Spotify right now? You should be on Spotify. You can listen to all your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now on Spotify. You can follow your favorite podcast. So you never miss an episode. Premium Spotify users can download episodes to listen to offline. So wherever you are, you can hear me. It'll be like we're on that vacation in the mountains together. And of course, you can easily share what you're listening to with your friends on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app and search for Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. Or you can browse to find new podcasts in the tab marked Your Library. Oh, and make sure to follow me so you never miss an episode of Be Reasonable. Moderator for tonight's broadcast. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. There's no cell service out here on the range. It's high noon for Tuesday, August 11th, 2020. So, Van Jones, who up until this week was one of my favorite uh, progressives or leftists or whatever you'd like to call him. Because I always thought he was a pretty honest and fair guy, but I also think that he's completely lost his mind because he said that Democrats should not take the black vote for granted. And to prove that they're not doing that, They absolutely must select a black woman as Joe Biden's running mate. Now, I look at a statement like that and think. What? I even put the H in there. What? How can it be real that the way to not take the black vote for granted is to make sure that a black woman is selected as Biden's running mate because that means that black voters around America would be more likely to vote for her because she's black, which says that black voters are a monolith and all you have to do for their vote is choose a black woman as running mate. What? What could be taking the black vote for granted more than thinking that black people want to only vote for black people? That is the black monolith type of thinking. That's crazy, that's racist, and that's a bad idea if your goal is to win. But clearly their goal is to win by whatever means necessary. It's not to convince voters that they are the good party. The fact is that they lost to Donald Trump in 2016 because they chose the worst candidate of all time. People hated Hillary Clinton. Now, to respond, they figured that they would choose someone much less polarizing. And the level of incompetence there is incredible because if you want to believe that Joe Biden is less polarizing, that's fine. He's certainly presented as less polarizing. Of course, if you go back and look at the things he said over his career, They're far more polarizing than anything Donald Trump has said. They're more racist than anything Donald Trump has said. And Joe Biden says these things now. And no one seems to care. He's been on both sides of every issue, war, crime bills, race issues, economic issues. Trump has been the same on what he thinks For his entire life, you can watch videos of him 30 years ago talking about the danger that China poses due to their attempted economic takeover and how they're basically free riders on the world stage because they're considered a developing nation. It's crazy that this is who they said was the less polarizing candidate. And here we have Van Jones saying it doesn't matter. If the candidate you choose is complete crap, terrible at their job, as long as she's black. So Susan Rice will do, for instance. Even the New York Times ran an op-ed today about how Susan Rice has been a disaster throughout her career. And by the way, having both members of your ticket implicated in a soft coup attempt to undermine the incoming president of the United States is not a good place for them to be. The fact that they think that they can pull that over on the American people should tell you how much they respect your intelligence and how powerful they think the anti-Trump narrative is in the media. Seattle's chief of police, Carmen Best, a black female American, is stepping down from her job. She was Seattle's first black female police chief. She's leaving her job because her department's budget has been slashed, including her own salary. Her mayor forfeited a police precinct to the lost hippies. In Chaz, it was a country for one month, an independent nation of Chaz that then became the independent nation of CHOP. She made it impossible for Carmen Best to do her job, even while people were being assaulted, shot, murdered, and raped. Carmen Best knew these things were happening. She spoke out against these things happening, but her hands were tied from doing her actual job. And you see, Seattle is 70% white. And Seattle is telling their black residents how they must feel about the police. That defunding and abolishing the police is going to be good for them, even if they don't know it. And it's funny how often liberals refer to Thomas Frank's old book, What's Wrong with Kansas? And the premise of that book is that these people were voting against their own best interests. Now, I'm not sure what could be more demeaning to the voting public than telling them that they don't know their own interests. But this line of thinking has never gone away. They divide people by identity or by socioeconomic class And then they say, you should be voting for this person if you're like that. Where is the independent thought for this party? What do they think of the independent thought of the American people? The truth is they think everyone is dumber than they are. Because they, with their degrees from very good colleges, and they with the experts from Harvard that they can refer to and they with their special knowledge of how the world works, believe that they have found the only right answers and the entire set of only right answers and that everyone else's answers are therefore bad, mean, racist, sexist, homophobic, Islamophobic. They have all the answers. You're just too dumb to realize how right they always are. And I really, really dislike the notion that people vote against their best interest. So their claim is that people, if they were doing it right, would be voting for their own best interest as, as the left describes it. But if people are voting for their own best interest, shouldn't they be determining what their best interest is and then voting for that? Why, if your goal is to convince people that they should be voting in their own best interest, do you consistently hammer them with the message that if they don't vote the way you want them to, then they're hateful bigots? If everyone voted for their own personal best interest instead of assuming what other people want, we would have a different political landscape. One where it matters if politicians are actually helping people or if they are just saying over and over again, I'm fighting for you. And so Australia in a Brutal police state right now. There was video last night of a woman being choked and manhandled and then pinned to the ground with a cop on her back as he handcuffed her for not wearing a mask. They are not allowed to leave their homes except under strict guidance. This is so Victoria stays locked down. And this is at the urging of the Chinese Communist Party. And friendly little New Zealand, their little brother out in the ocean, was being hailed as the world's best COVID responders. Their prime minister, Jacinda Ardern, a woman, was hailed as a hero and an example of what female leadership could do in the face of a virus i'm not sure viruses are affected by the gender of the leader of the population the virus is infecting but it seems that that narrative is in jeopardy now because after being locked down for 101 days with no cases they're now open and It's funny because NPR uh, tweeted about how successful they had been. And then 30 minutes later, Sky News Australia tweeted about how there were four cases and the country must lock down. 30 minutes later. You see, New Zealand's advantage in their covid numbers was not their strategy. It was not their lockdowns. It was not their mask policy. It was that they're a tiny island who hadn't had an outbreak. And part of the reason they hadn't had an outbreak is because they're way south. And the virus overwhelmingly has affected regions from north to south. And the closer you are to the equator, the longer the virus seems to stick around. Although not as strong. And so four cases, four cases with a disease that can kill one out of 1,000 people, almost all of them being elderly, almost all of them with comorbidities. And they're closing down the country for four cases. These people are not smart. These people are not responsible. The New York Times reported on uh, the horror In New Zealand, the four cases of horror. And they call Auckland, the capital of New Zealand, but it's Wellington. This is how responsible the news organizations are. In Minnesota, it's been reported that the Minnesota Freedom Fund, the uh, charity. I mean, it's not a charity that was supported by Seth Rogen and Don Cheadle on social media. In fact, they encouraged people to donate to the fund. Chrissy Teigen and Steve Carell did, you know, similar pleas for donations to similar funds to bail out people who had been involved in protests and rioting. And of course, they were, you know, they said, we are only bailing out, Peaceful protesters, you know, after people realized what was going on. And of course, that's not true. They have let out convicted rapists, accused murderers, and then, of course, the looters and riot riders. They raised over $30 million, a sum that is impossible to spend on bails. Congratulations, guys. But you know who else donated? Biden staffers. What we have is a sheen of morality over something completely immoral. And these people who encourage this and these people who donate to this do so happily so they can rid themselves of the guilt of thinking and the time it takes to know what they're talking about. They just casually repost these Instagram posts about these so-called charities without knowing anything about them. And they encourage their millions of fans and followers who like seeing them get their back hair waxed in a movie 20 years ago that they too can be heroes and be just like the people on TV. Fuck you. What is anyone doing? Vox posted an article this morning about how the coronavirus relief was stalled because Democrats were holding out for a better stimulus package, more stimulus. That's what they're going to go with. They expect for you to know that the Democrats are always the ones who are helping the people because they are branded that way. The Democrats are the ones that care about poor people. The Democrats are the ones that care about real people. The Democrats are the ones that care about minorities and women. And so they are now covering their failure on the relief package that we discussed yesterday. They're covering it by saying that the Democrats were actually the good guy because they were holding out for more help for people. But they weren't. They were holding out for state bailouts, city bailouts, and to appease the teachers union. It is indisputably true. And the fact that these media organizations are so dumb and so biased either that or so compromised and so in the tank that they're trying to cover blatant immorality and negotiating against the good of the American people. They're trying to make that sound caring. That's insane. This is the same media that will say in public that they believe their role is to antagonize Donald Trump to hold him, quote-unquote, accountable. I don't recall them holding Joe Biden accountable for anything. I don't recall Barack Obama ever being held accountable for anything, and he was president for eight years. And the truth is they're not holding anyone accountable. And holding people accountable does not mean that you say everything they do is wrong. Okay, when do these media outlets come out in support of Donald Trump against the other side? Never, if your job is holding people accountable, then you hold accountable all the people that need to be held accountable. You don't just target one side all the time. The Associated Press reported last night that New York's coronavirus nursing home death count could be vastly underreported because they were not reporting the deaths that occurred from nursing homes, but the death actually occurred in the hospital and not in nursing homes. So apparently those don't count. Whatever it is, the number needs to be kept down to preserve Andrew Cuomo's image as the good guy. He is now resisting an independent investigation of his handling of nursing homes. Why would someone who's such a good guy want to hide that? I mean, shit, if I did something really great, I would be more than happy for everyone to highlight every single aspect. Dig in! Find out. Tell me how awesome I am. What a joy that would be compared to all the various and indiscriminate hate I get in a normal day. And so Trump had a, uh, a fairly interesting press conference yesterday. It was interrupted about three minutes in as Secret Service came to the podium and told the president that he needs to immediately go with them. The reason being that there were shots fired outside the White House grounds, and it seems that Secret Service may have taken someone out. Um, Both the Secret Service member and the alleged suspect were sent to the hospital. Um, Donald Trump came back in and resumed the press conference. It was funny because uh, one of them, one of the reporters asked him, if he was rattled right now and he goes, do I seem rattled? <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. If you can't laugh at and appreciate the funny ass shit Donald Trump does, you are totally lost. He is a hilarious man and his trolling of the other party is hilarious. And if you think it's unpresidential too goddamn bad, because what he is doing is breaking down the systems that have held the old bad system in place. As I said in early April, the media and the Democrats viewing everything through a lens of whether or not it hurts or helps Donald Trump would be their end. It was for exactly this reason, and it is happening now. They are imploding. And it is a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch. And no matter what your opinion is about Donald Trump, if you care about a an informed and responsible voting public, you should want the media to do their jobs rather than what they're doing now, which is your bidding. And so at the press conference, Trump announced that Dr. Scott Atlas a prominent physician and public health expert at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University was named to the coronavirus task force. Now, to me, this is about as good as the news could get because Scott Atlas has been a lockdown skeptic since day one. It is a goddamn shame that we did not have one of those on the task force from day one. But of course the media would have destroyed that person in favor of Anthony Fauci because Anthony Fauci thought lockdowns were the best answer. It is a wonderful turn of events that there is now a lockdown skeptic on the task force who is able to push back against Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci will go down in history as one of the worst people to ever live. He has inflicted more harm and more destruction on the world than any single person in human history, okay? Lockdowns are a moral failure, a scientific failure, and a political failure, the greatest of all time. We are not only destroying our own company and crippling the next generation for decades, but... Our lack of economic activity is crippling the entire world for decades. Thousands of people dying every day from starvation. Right now, an estimated 550,000 people a month in the world are falling into severe malnutrition. That is happening right now because of lockdowns, not because of the pandemic, because the pandemic could never do that. And the funny thing is right now, we still have a country in fear with a virus that is less prevalent and less deadly than those we faced a few years ago without any lockdowns or any mitigation. And most of us didn't even care when swine flu was around. The level of deadliness of this coronavirus falls into a category two influenza, which is the one just slightly more dangerous than the most normal possible influenza. But this one has the wonderful characteristic of killing only four out of 10,000 people under 65 years old who get it and virtually no children. And virtually no healthy people. As 94% of people who have died with coronavirus had comorbidities. Okay? We talk about these healthy people died from coronavirus. No, they fucking didn't. And part of the reason that is said is because we are not allowed to consider obesity unhealthy. And we are not allowed to consider healthy people who got coronavirus early and were immediately put on ventilators. We are not allowed to consider those ventilator deaths. We are meant to consider those coronavirus deaths, but they are not. And that is what describes Nick Cordero, that Broadway guy, or whatever he was acting in. He was 41. He went into the hospital early. He was put on ventilators. He was an amputee before dying. Coronavirus did not cut off his limbs. The ventilators made that a necessity. Okay? There are almost no cases anywhere of young, healthy people dying only from coronavirus because it can't happen. Almost ever At the end of Trump's press conference yesterday, Chanel Rion from uh OANN, which fine, feel however you want about Chanel Rion, feel however you want about about OANN. I don't consider them a trusted source of news. I'm glad that they're in the White House press room to you know, counteract the mainstream news. But she asked Trump, whether he thought the Democrats choosing Susan Rice had anything to do with the fact that Susan Rice was involved with Joe Biden in the attempted soft coup of the United States, that the prior administration, along with the Clintons, tried to pull to undermine Trump's presidency and hopefully get Trump out of office while concocting the entire Trump-Russia collusion narrative. Naturally, Trump agreed with her assessment. He said he doesn't care who they pick, and of course he doesn't, but that it's obvious that that administration carried out one of the most heinous crimes against America in political history, and he leveled that claim from the podium in the White House, and no media has covered it. Can you imagine, can you imagine what a responsible media would be doing when a president says that? Even if they want to write everything about how wrong he was, they are afraid to even put that narrative into the public conversation. I am almost finished with the controlled demolition episode. I might have to release it in parts because right now it is over 100 pages long and like 30,000 words. It is literally half the length of many nonfiction books. And I have certainly (laughs) written way over 100,000 words, which is essentially a 400-page book on what the last six months are. But this thing specifically discusses how mistaken the narrative is and how wrong we are about the most important things happening in our society. And my hope is, and my belief is that it will be impossible to listen to this or to read this and ever trust the media and the Democrats ever again. And again, this isn't all to benefit Republicans. I am happy that it benefits Donald Trump because, looking at the cumulative effect of what Democrats in the media and the other old guard institutions have done to us. I don't believe it is possible to vote for someone other than Donald Trump while saying that your number one priority is the country, the good of the country. Um, But so I think I might uh, release that in parts, and I would love your guys' feedback, whether on Instagram or whatever. I'll probably ask the question there as well. Um, My only concern is that it's going to be a few hours long. It's going to be even longer than Apocalypse Now, which was two and a half hours. And I don't want to overload anybody with one episode to go all the way through. At the same time, I don't want to make it seem like there is not a conclusion and a wrap-up to the episode that is a necessary part of the episode. And my hope is that people will find it interesting enough to want to listen to the whole thing, but I may release it in parts and I am open to your feedback. Um, So that is it for today. I will see you tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I do not have a network. Please listen to more hopes fall. Goodbye. for tonight's broadcast. At least... <laughs>